for me, privilege is power. Privilege is, it's an, it's an opportunity when people like point out privilege, it's an opportunity for you to realize, oh, I don't know as much as I think. I have no idea what this other person next to me is experiencing. And there's something that I have that they don't that's affecting um, and supporting the life that I have and taking away from the life that they have. And to get real honest with yourself about what those things are. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, mindset coach, actor, and truth teller extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought to help you face your fears, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 98 of the podcast. Holy shit balls, we are getting so close to 100. Um, this is a repeat episode. Uh, I have been really thinking about what I wanted to bring into conversation. And it's also a bonus episode of this week. Um, normally, we run on Thursdays, but this is dropping on a Tuesday um, because Thursday's episode is also very much in line with uh, everything that is going on in the world with Black Lives Matter and incredibly personal to me and my life. Um, and I'm really looking forward to sharing that episode with you. But I wanted to bring this episode back because I recorded this episode, uh, well, this episode dropped right around um, the like mid-election period of 2018. And uh, I will never forget this conversation. It uh, It was... I reached out to Andrea because I wanted to start to really dismantle my inherent racism at the time and, um, and really, really tackle the concept of white privilege head on. And this conversation is something I needed to revisit for myself right now. Um, and it's so incredibly potent. Um, and I, I'm resharing it with you all because one, it's one of the most downloaded episodes of the podcast and two, because if you have not listened to it, um, this is your time. And if you have, please listen again because everything that Andrea says is still so fucking true. And something that I keep seeing over and over again um, on social media are people saying like, I can't believe this is this has been you know going on for so long and it's the disbelief portion of things I recorded this a year and a half ago this has been happening for years and I'm not just talking recent years this has been going on for decades and it is amazing that we are finally seeing some legislative change and justice um and hopeful long-term reformation happening as a result of what's going on in the world. Um, but to have that perspective is is ignorant. And I think we have all, um, especially as white people, um, been awoken to our ignorance, to our lack of education, um, and to what it means to really be an ally in this space to be more than just a person who uh, goes about their day and doesn't make racist comments um, and who uh, and who you know is silent around topics um, like race because we don't want to quote overstep and I have been that person I am owning that and I have been deep in um, reflection and self-reflection. I know I shared this with you guys last week uh, in the intro of last week's episode, but there's just been a lot of um, of work happening behind the scenes. And um, obviously, I'm not on Instagram right now, but this work is so important to maintain, to keep the momentum going. And um, I could not imagine a more important message to reshare with you than this conversation. Again, um, Thursday's episode is 
really, really, really powerful. And um, I can't wait for it to drop for you guys to um, to be a part of that conversation that is coming. Um, and then we'll be closing out episode 100 um, and, and closing out season four of the podcast with um, an episode that is really near and dear to my heart um, and, and one that I... I'm really excited to share with you all. Um, keep doing the work. Follow Andrea. She is does not um, she or they um, chooses um, both pronouns. So feel free to refer to them um, in in that case. Um, just has a really really um, incredible way of standing um, truth in it from a place of oppression and activism and their work is deeply, deeply, deeply rooted in that space. Um, I have really, really, really felt empowered by Andrea's voice for the last um, couple of years since, um, Andrea has been in my personal sphere. Um, and I'm really deeply grateful. Um, and so please share this episode, um, it gives so much light to what um, is happening right now in a way that is much more tangible than I have felt expressed in a lot of capacities. Um, and I think that um, I think you'll be able to relate um, and see things in a new light um, by listening to this with an open heart. So uh, let's learn, let's deep dive, and um, and here's Andrea. Hey, Andrea, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I'm excited. I'm so pumped too. I seriously have been just so in awe of the work that you've been doing and have been itching to get you on the pod. And I know we've talked about this a bunch before, but you guys get ready for a meaty conversation. And also just, um, I want you to sit back and just really take in what we're talking about today and come at this conversation with a very open mind and an open heart. Um, and if you feel triggered at all, good. Like, I hope you do um, while we're talking today, um, because that just says that there's work to be done. There's always work to be done on our perspectives, on our, um, yeah, on the way that we show up in the world. And so I can't wait for you guys to hear what we have to say. And I can't wait to see where we go in this conversation. So um, yeah, welcome to the pod. (laughs) And before we even dive into all the meaty stuff, I would just love to hear a little bit about how you've gotten to this place. Like you're working so, so intentionally on activism and just really, really being a voice in this space. But you're also so young and like just I feel like just a couple of years ago, graduated from undergrad and have been doing so much work in this space. And I just think it's really fucking incredible. So like, how did how did you even get to this point in your life? Like what has led you here? Tell me more about Andrea, because I want to know all of the things. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, So what led me here? I don't <laughs> I am the daughter of of a life coach, executive coach, dude person. Um <laughs> he has been coaching most of my life. Um and so that's kind of like what introduced me to like the fact that this exists. I know there are a lot of people that don't find out about this world until they're like 40 or yeah, <laughs> 50 totally. or um but you yeah, know, it's been a formative part of my life. <laughs> so um that definitely has been a part of leading me here but I think also I in general I've just always been like how can I grow how can I use my power Mm -hmm. how can I um like help people (laughs) um am I being my best self like these have literally been questions (laughs) have been going on since I was like seven um and and I think that's that's part of also part of what has led me to this point so um I was thinking about that really intensely, especially in high school, um, as I was going through my own like inner turmoil <laughs> and also seeing like the the external turmoil and um and learning a lot about the world, learning a lot about you know the history of the world and i uh in in middle school, so like from like ten years old till now um I've always been really um intensely and kind of like scarily interested in like the horrors of of the world like Mm. the horrific events that have happened um 
at the hands of other humans against <laughs> against humans and um so like thinking a lot about the holocaust thinking a lot about the transatlantic slave trade and thinking about sex trafficking and mm. um and just like really questioning like why <laughs> why 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 did this happen like what's going on like for the like really thinking about like for hitler like psychologically like what was going on to like and then all the people that said yes mm-hmm. said yes I will be a Nazi mm-hmm. yes I will support this this movement um what was going on for them and then also for the revolutions of, of our time and um what what was going on there so um being a student <laughs> of all of these things that have happened in our history um and yeah so when I got to college I um, was was focusing on on really how I can be the most effective change agent mm-hmm. <laughs> as and and in a way that's the most integrity with me. Um, but I went in specifically to think about like what are the connections between like how we grow as individuals, how we heal as individuals, and what's happening in the world, yeah, the world <laughs> and what, yeah. what's, what are the connections between the systems, um, that are, that we're constantly navigating throughout, um, on a day-to-day basis and what's going on internally, um, and trying to find those connections because in one space, in the personal growth development healing space, there is no conversation yes. oh my <laughs> about gosh, social justice, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> there's none of that. And then there's, um, in, in the social justice spaces that I was in, the organizing spaces, the, the conversations for healing and talking about trauma and talking about um, being our best selves to each other and with ourselves um, and self-care and things like that was like minimal. It was kind of off to the side. Mm-hmm. It was happening, but um, it, it wasn't as urgent as getting out in the streets and um, being in dissent and Mm -hmm. in protest of Mm -hmm. what was happening in the world because people were dying. Um, And so I was like, but both of these are so important (laughs) and they're so important for me. Like it's like an internal conflict where I feel like I can't be myself in either space Um, because both of these things are very important to me and they, and they are internally very connected, (laughs) but they weren't in, in, and what I was seeing, it was like, they're two different worlds, but they're both there for changing the world. They're both there for making the world a better place. So, ah, yeah, <laughs> so that's what, that's what got me here. <laughs> I, I completely, completely resonate because I, I mean, the personal development world for me has been very new. Like I did not grow up with the family being a part of this, the coaching space. And I've really been only inundated in it for three years. And you're right. It is, yes, of course, it is all about focusing on yourself, but also so much of it is taught on, well, turn off the news if it's upsetting you. Well, don't go somewhere that you're going to energetically put yourself in a negative space. And I have always had such a challenging time with this because I, ever since I was a very young, young kid, like was always about like volunteering and, and being a space in a space where I could be like hosting, uh, and, and giving word and giving, giving space for other people who are not able to, like Mm -hmm. I did stuff all through high school that helped kids who were, you know, not able to like eat every single day. And like, I raised money for them and raised awareness for that. Or like I did this thing called the vow of silence. And I raised like $25,000 at my school when I was in high school, because for kids who didn't have a voice or people who didn't have a voice in the world and were repressed in that way, I was so passionate about that. But then it's like, okay, this is also really challenging material to navigate. This is hard for me to process looking at all this, especially right now in the political climate we're in. It has been incredibly hard and challenging for me to turn on the news because every day it's one other thing. And as an empath, I absorb that and it's really challenging, but it's like, where is that happy medium where you are still showing up and, and being an activist and using your platform or just even being a human being, right? <laughs> like, and getting at the core of that. So like, how, how did you kind of find that bridge for yourself? And I know this is a huge, huge, huge part about what you do. So like for all of, of us who are listening, who are like, the fuck do I do? And how do I bridge that? Like, wh- how would you recommend like navigating that to start? Yeah. 
I think the it's it's getting really clear on what you have to offer what like what all you have in your artillery yeah. <laughs> um to be able to to show up with and and I think when when that question is put out there we just like we think about like what are our what are our skills like what do I know um but there's so <laughs> much more than that I mean that's definitely a part of it like I I know that my skills have to do with with coaching have to do with holding space and facilitating mm-hmm. and speaking and um putting things into words like I know that and so I use that but there's so much more on my side there are my privileges (laughs) there are my experiences of marginalization um there's the people that I'm connected to uh and and the resources and and education that I'm connected to like there's so much (laughs) there's so much on my side Mm -hmm. um and so getting really clear about like what do you have to offer these people but also getting really clear on the people that you're wanting to support, like, what are they actually dealing with? Like nine times out of 10, the, the problem that you see <laughs> is not it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not the, the totality of everything that's going on. Um, for, for folks that are, are homeless, there is racism to think about. There's sexism to think about. There's um, sexual uh, trauma and harassment and violence that to think about, domestic violence to think about. Uh, class and and money economics to think about there's all these things that are influencing the reality of people not having homes um when we have enough space (laughs) and and resources and everything to um to support them with that so um like getting also clear on what what's actually (laughs) what actually is the issue um and one is it your place to what or what is your place mm-hmm. in it because we also take on this like this um savior-esque saviorism yeah. is what it's called but we take on this um this role of oh I have the answers I have the resources and I'm going to help them get out of this and um that may not be what's needed from you yeah um yeah. I struggle with that I mean mm-hmm. I'll own that like I think I am deeply privileged, right? Like I, I'm super, super privileged. And so it's like, okay, I also have this need and desire to, to help, but then it's like, okay, is it my place to, and, and how do I even start? And I think, Mm -hmm. I know I've been having a lot of conversations with friends about, you know, the, the climate that we're in right now. And it's like, okay, well, what, what actual shifts can we make? Or is it just talking about these openly and just creating a safe space for that? Is it, you know, is it volunteering? Is it going and protesting? Like, what is it that actually makes change? And, and is it, you're right. Like, is it my place for that? I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I struggle with that deeply. Yeah. Yeah. And I really want to like, cause my, my correction is not, is it, your place like it is your place because we are connected mm-hmm. to each other and we are we are responsible um to one another not for one another but to one another um because we're constantly influencing and and impacting um the lives of of one another we are co-creating our reality mm-hmm. um and so it is your place but figuring out what is your place sure what yeah what is is the thing that you can offer that's wanted and needed and will actually impact the the issues that are at play um is the question because absolutely it's your place yeah it's so where okay so let's say that I'm feeling like I'm really called to help a, a certain group or or maybe just in general I don't know where to start but I want to like how do I even know that? Like, how do I, how do I deep dive into that? How do I ask those questions and, and figure out like, and ask those questions to the right people. And even if I don't know who those people are, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where it gets messy yeah. <laughs> um, because no matter what the issue is, you should also go, you should always go to the people that are most affected by it. Um, you should always go straight to the source and maybe not necessarily like go find them and have a conversation, but find a book yeah. <laughs> written by them, like, or, or uh, listen to a podcast or um, follow them on social media, but mm-hmm. like go to the source of the, like 
of the pain, <laughs> where it, where the pain is and where the struggle is and, um, and find out what their experience is and what they're wanting because they are sovereign people. They are absolutely capable of <laughs> saying what they want and need and, oh, yeah. um, and, and also like creating that for themselves. So like getting the support that they need as well. Um, so there's like, that is the, the first step. Um, or maybe not even talking about it in steps, but like, that's definitely a crucial move to make. Um, yeah. But also recognizing that everybody's having a different experience. Like even though one group of people is experiencing um, the effects of white supremacy or the direct violence of white supremacy. Um, we're not all experiencing it in the same way. Of course, because you're all different so, humans. Yeah. Navigate so the, the world differently. things that we individually or as like a smaller subgroup community or, or whatever, yeah. um, the things that we say we need may conflict <laughs> with totally. the things that another part of the same community might say that they need. And, um, and that's the messiness of like, humanity mm-hmm. <laughs> um but that we also need to gain the capacity to be with because creating change is not clean and and simple um it's it is messy yeah being a yeah. human being is messy right, right. Like, I think I think yeah. that's the most poignant thing that you could have said because I think so often and I know that a lot of my listeners are similar it's like we are um we are fixers, you know, like, we're like, okay, like, how can I fix this? How can I make this better? And I, I think that, that what I've been struggling with, with everything that's been happening in the world, and specifically, since I was like, aware enough, like in my teens to really acknowledge everything. And I still feel like there are a million things I've yet to acknowledge that I still need to. Right. But it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I have this constant call to fix, 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 fix. And I can't like, I, mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing I can do on my own to fix everything, but I can do small things to shift, right. To make mm-hmm. small shifts forward. And I think so often I, I mean, at least I felt this way that I'm just one voice. So I was like, what mm-hmm. is the good of me doing that? But I've learned that even through my work in the past three years as an entrepreneur, it's like one voice can make a huge ripple effect if you just have the have the courage to constantly show up and, as you said, stand in your power. So mm-hmm. speaking of that, like owning your power and standing in your power, like what communities do you feel super inclined to like stand in that truth with and like share dialogue in and and try to be a change maker within? Yeah. For me, and and this is part of why my work looks the way that it does, because I I struggled, especially in my teenagehood, <laughs> which wasn't that far long, <laughs> far away from <laughs> now. Um, but especially when I was in high school, it was um, it was hard because I was feeling so drawn. Like I named like so many different things: the Holocaust, the like yeah. sex trafficking. Um, I was involved in like Alzheimer's stuff and. Mm-hmm. Um, autism and like neurodiversity stuff and so like I was like I was all over the place Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was like there's no way possible that I can actually be effective in all of these things at once um so for me my my focus is on oppression and and that is kind of like an umbrella Mm -hmm. (laughs) for everything because if I'm getting at oppression if I'm getting at all of the different forms of oppression racism ableism um, transphobia, sex, sexism, mm-hmm. um, ageism, all the isms. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm keeping an eye out and like really getting um, the word masterful is coming up, but I don't use that word very often. But if I'm like really getting like a full breath of what is here in terms of how we relate to each other and where oppression exists and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, then I feel like I can do that. And then I can support other people to be more specific because there are things that certain people like feel more drawn to people um, getting involved with like domestic violence stuff or, or whatever the thing is for them that they feel most internally connected to. I want to support them to be able to show up effectively um, and lead and support those movements um, 
with the gifts that they have and the power that they have. And that makes me feel like, okay, I'm touching everything. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah. What you said about, I just find it just really hits hit home for me about what you feel most like intuitively connected to, because I feel mm-hmm. like at least my work and, and where I've moved has been so linked to my personal experience as probably every single person listening to this also navigates life. It's like, okay, well, like for example, I, I was really, really knee deep in like my binge eating and orthorexia. And so that's what led me to wellness coaching because I wanted to help other women not have to navigate that cycle. Right. Yeah. Um, and I have like very dear friends who are super, super like in knee deep in the trans community because they, mm-hmm. their partner is trans and like, they've been advocating for that. I have a friend who um, has a child who has autism that it gets to, you know, it's all really personal yeah. to them mm-hmm. and their story. But what about when it's not like, what about when I have found like very, very much wanting to become a, a, a understand the, the, the various forms of oppression that I don't personally understand or I'm not mm-hmm. personally connected to, I have felt very drawn to that. Um, and maybe that's just because I'm aware of it now. Um, yeah. But it's like, what happens when we are so focused on our own life and all of a sudden it's like, okay, but there are so many other things out there and you have no concept of yeah. what that looks like, right? Well, and you are connected to it absolutely connected to it because you have power related to it um Mm. and so there's that element like even the the things that I that I get like itchy about (laughs) are when like somebody decides like that somebody in the U.S. or Canada or like Australia or something decides okay I'm gonna go to Africa I'm gonna go to India I'm gonna go to uh to Bali and I'm going to help these people you have no idea (laughs) you have no idea who these people people are you have no idea what they're actually wanting what they're actually going through what they're like um what what they actually need um and and you have no interest in actually going and and communing with them and actually getting those answers you just think that you have an answer to an issue that you don't really understand that's what gets me itchy yeah but when it's um (laughs) when it's someone that's like I don't know a lot about this topic and I want to know more about it um one, you not knowing a lot about that topic means that you have privilege because you don't have to think about it. You have yeah. power in that element. So it's connected to you, mm. maybe not through your pain and through your struggle and through like what you have to um, experience on a daily basis, but you are still experiencing it from, but from the power end of the spectrum. Mm. <laughs> um, so you don't have to think about, um, like, I don't have to think about uh, what, people with disabilities disabled folks have to go through I don't have to unless I choose to and that's where my power is um so I'm not I'm not connected through the marginalization but I'm connected through the power Mm. and so like I think that also um like when we think about like people that have the most privilege which those of y'all listening if this is you like just take a deep breath. Um, <laughs> but the people that have the most privileged, like the white um, cisgender, which means that you uh, that you identify with the gender that you were assigned at birth, um, man, straight, Christian, able-bodied, um, middle to upper class, uh, <laughs> like those are the people with the most privilege. And so, like for them, what what's the thing that they would get most? like juiced up around yeah um it might be something that's connected to <laughs> to like things that they've gone through in their childhood or or whatever um but also looking at the places where you have power and and going for those that's where you can absolutely have a ton of influence mm. yeah. so that word privilege mm-hmm. um I feel like the past couple of years, it's got thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've had many conversations with family members, um, a lot, you know, a lot of, I won't name names, obviously, but a lot of family members and, and people in my life who are deeply privileged, deeply, deeply mm-hmm. privileged. And 
don't understand it. Like they hear that and they get very defensive. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, I'm not privileged. It's like, no, you you have inherent privilege. Yeah. And I'm not one to like educate them on that. It's like, go read these things. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. I, but I feel like I would love to just hear your perspective on this because I think that word has become this like almost like a buzzword the past couple of years. And Mm -hmm. I think that it is so, so important to be aware of your privilege and own your privilege. But I feel like I don't even know what that means anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Um, So like, what is, what are your thoughts on the word? Like just, yeah, give me the lowdown. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I, I don't tend to talk about privilege like that often because, because of the, how it's just been it's been used it's been made into this like popular (laughs) this popular word to just like throw around where yeah the people throwing it around usually don't even know what it means yeah um (laughs) but for me privilege is power privilege is uh it's an it's an opportunity when people like point out privilege it's an opportunity for you to realize oh I don't know as much as I think Mm -hmm. I have no idea what this other person next to me is experiencing and, and, um, and there's something that I have that they don't, that's affecting, um, and supporting the life that I have and taking away from the life that they have Mm. and to get real honest with yourself about what those things are. Yeah. Why do you think, so like, I know that when I first heard about this word, I'm going to own this because that's who I am. And even though it sucks to say, like when I first heard like, oh, this whole concept of white privilege, white privilege, I was like, I got defensive. Okay. So here's the thing. I am in a space as an actor. So like my not entrepreneurial world, but as an actor, I'm in a space where everything I do and the roles I go out for are a hundred percent based on my looks, like maybe Mm -hmm. 95% based on my looks and 5% based on my talent. But let's be honest, Mm -hmm. it's looks based. And there's been a very big movement here in Chicago, which I'm so, so 110% behind, like of, of allowing more people of color to have roles that they wouldn't necessarily be quote unquote typecast as right. Mm -hmm. And I have so many friends in this. I've been to like so many supportive meetings, but I sit there and I see roles getting also then taken away from me. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, on one hand, I'm standing there being like, this is moving the world better from a change perspective, but also I'm suffering, like Mm -hmm. quote unquote suffering. Let me just say that. (laughs) I say say that with a giant grain of salt. Like I am seeing my success, quote unquote success as a performer being potentially reduced because my opportunities are getting lessened because I've had this privilege of having these mm-hmm. opportunities be there for so long, yeah. you know? And so like hearing that word and seeing the shifts for me at first was like this really big, like I had to really gut check myself because I was mm-hmm. like, I, I'm so supportive and I want to be here, but I'm also finding myself really struggling personally with this. So for someone else who might be in a similar position, maybe they're not an actor, but I, most of my listeners, I, I see you, right? Like you guys are <laughs> very privileged humans for the most part. Um, so it's like, what, like, how, how do we take away or like have conversations to like not navigate away from that initial gut reaction that like propels us to not even investigate further? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it's, it's tough because what's needed is for you to lose that access to what you previously had yeah like that's what's needed is for you to give up some of the power that you've had give up some of the access to resources that you've had and um and allow more space for other people to get (laughs) to get Mm -hmm. access to it yeah and so it's hard and and I hear that question a lot like how when we're having this conversation like how can we like make it so that like the people hearing it for the first time don't have that gut reaction, but like you're, they're going to have that gut reaction because that's, what's being asked is um, for you to give up some of the things that have given you pleasure yeah. um, and, and made your life the way that it is. And 
uh, and that's just the reality <laughs> because you have had, you've, you've gotten so much more than what other folks have, whether it's people yeah. of color, disabled folks, trans folks, non-binary folks, whatever. Um, and when you're accustomed to that, then it, it does feel like, oh my God, no, like you can't take away this thing from me. Mm-hmm. Like I earned this and, mm-hmm. but you didn't. No, yeah. <laughs> but you didn't. I mean, part of it, like a percentage, like I don't want to take that away. Like if you worked hard, then you worked hard, right? Um, but the whole idea of I earned it needs to be like torn apart <laughs> and and um, really investigated. Um, totally. Yeah. And I think I so hear you. And I think it just makes me think about the political climate too, because I feel like, I feel like so many people are so focused on how things impact their personal lives. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I'm from Canada and while Canada, you know, Canada has a shit ton of fucked up systems. I'm sure there's stuff that they're not doing well. Like I grew up in a space where it was a lot more focused on the greater good of, you know, from an education system, uh, um, you know, all the systems. And it's like here in, in the United States of America, it's been a very big whirlwind of me even acknowledging like how people are just so focused on themselves and they'll vote attached to their own personal finances. They won't think about, you know, tax reforms in the sense of other people, you know, and I don't really talk about politics on this podcast, but like, fuck that because I, it's, it's a huge part of what we're navigating right now. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's an easy access point to understanding like privilege and, and owning your power, as you say, and just like oppression as a whole, because we're so personal focused instead of being other focused. And when we are other focused, it almost feels like there's just like rage attached to it instead mm-hmm. of this positive force that, I mean, which don't get me wrong. Yeah. I think it's important to feel your feels and get super pissed. And I feel like you probably mm-hmm. are right there with me, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but it's like, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It, how, I, don't, I feel like people have been taught to just like constantly focus on themselves instead of have this societal love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a culture of individualism. Yeah. And so even it's, I mean, breaking down like that, that little interaction where like somebody gets called on their privilege and, or, or a change is being made to, to make it more equitable. And they're like, wait, but you're taking from me. Um, <laughs> or mm-hmm. even the narrative of like, I earned this. Um, I, <laughs> the, the I that we usually like talk about, like really does not exist because um we we are so connected to the people around us like there are hundreds and thousands of people making it possible for us to have this conversation right now Amanda Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it's we we are not just doing this solo Mm -hmm. um and and so like the the earned is on the backs when we're talking about white privilege um and the 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 resources or the um advantages that that white folks have gotten especially in the U.S. Australia Canada UK Mm -hmm. is on the backs of black and brown and indigenous people literally Mm -hmm. um and so (laughs) no we earned it (laughs) we we my ancestors earned it yeah if we're going to talk about who earned it and so um we have to even like just think about like what who all has made my life possible beyond the Mm -hmm. work that I have individually put in. That is only a very small percentage of it. The food that you eat so that you can live (laughs) the people that are working in the streets um, to make sure that you have water Mm -hmm. um, and that you have energy and, and all of those things. Um, I was going to (laughs) sneeze, but, (laughs) um, but like really getting, clear on like this life is not just yours this this life that you have right now was not just created by you Mm. um and and not just created by like the people the immediate like friendships and and relationships that you have like it's so much more than that um and what about their lives (laughs) what's happening in their lives um how how are they getting treated how are they getting supported what's 
who, who's making sure that they have a, a life that they love. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> how, how did you like start even focusing on that side of things? Because yet you grew up in, in this society, like in this individualistic society, like, Obviously, I know you've said that you got very fascinated about a lot of these different, you know, bigger crises and and how people worked. I mean, I feel similarly about Hitler. I have a very strong family connection. So that's been a big part of it for me. But it's Mm -hmm. like, how, like, was it just reading? Like, what, what, like, launched you into this, like, I really, really, really need to go full force with this? With the work that I'm doing now? Yeah, but also just, like getting to the point where you're, where you're thinking the way you're thinking, because I think, well, I know like we're taught to think individualistically. So most of the time, so like how, how did your, how did your brain chemistry or whatever, like shift into the direction that it has now? Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love this question because my first response is like, well, I'm just special. I'm just so (laughs) unique. Um, which is not true. <laughs> I mean, like, yes, a little bit. I'm a Leo. So I think, and so it's, it's like making me think about like, what are the choices that I've made um, to, to have this kind of like lens and, and way of thinking about things. Um, and I think it has been like my intense focus. Like I've always been, I've always put others before me to mm-hmm. my detriment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I've always been like very focused on the other <laughs> and on the experience that the other person is having. Um, and, and that has definitely influenced like the way that I think about things. Cause then I get, I dive really deep into like, okay, what's, <laughs> what's going on with you? What's going on with your community? What, what's, how has, has your community, um, survived until this point and um what are you going through now or, mm-hmm. or how has your community thrived and what what's on the plate now um just asking a lot a lot of questions mm-hmm. <laughs> uh but I think also recognizing um do, doing the work to to like parse out that individualistic stuff like the the stuff that where like we we see something horrible happening on the other side of the world and we're like oh that's so sad for them and like no you're connected yeah. <laughs> you're you are connected to whatever is happening even if it's a natural disaster which seems kind of like oh it's just happening i don't know why it happened but no like we're ruining we are um <laughs> we are exploiting the earth and the earth is mad <laughs> um and so asking those questions of like, how am I connected Mm -hmm. to these things that have happened? And then also just like for, on a personal level, um, allowing myself, like what you said, like, yes, have your feelings, but like really have your feelings. Like, cause I think in, in our individualistic culture, um, it is, there is absolutely no space for us to have a lot of emotion about things that seem like they're not connected to us. Mm. Um, but like, let yourself have grief about the state of the world. Let yourself have grief about other humans being in pain and um, having having to survive in such, such extreme waves um, ways. <laughs> but like, have have your have your grief, have your rage, like have your your hopelessness for a second. Um, <laughs> have like, let yourself have it all. Um, and then also let yourself have the like immediate grief, the immediate rage of like things that have happened to you or happened to family members or friends or like people that are closer to you um, than people on the other side of the world. Uh, and let yourself have that feel, <laughs> that, that feeling carnival. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because that is like when we really let ourselves have that, it's fuel it becomes fuel and not Mm. just something that like stops us um, and um, that we have for a moment and then we shut down. But when we really let that emotion move through our bodies, then it's like, okay, what can I do with this? Mm. What, what, what can I do now? What? So I'm, I'm, I'm upset. (laughs) I have a lot of rage about decisions that the government is making about my body. Okay. What can I do? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that too, like resourcing yourself and, and reminding yourself that you have power. It's not the kind of power that can save the world. <laughs> That's not your job. <laughs> that is not any of our jobs. Um, our job is to show up and collectively we can save the world. Not one person. Mm. I love that. Oh, I love that so much. And I just feel like my biggest takeaway right now from all of this is just like to own my power and to like use it for good, right? Like, like harness it and just like channel it into as many good places as I can. So I love that. And I think it's, if that feels so accessible. Okay. So before I get into the fun questions, um, because I want to wrap this up, but what are some of your like favorite resources for, you know, anything that you're particularly feeling really inclined right now, like that people can just like dive into, obviously all of your stuff is going to be linked in the show notes, but like any of your favorite resources that's like, okay, this is really great from like, you know, any oppression standpoint that you just feel like, okay, this is a great resource for you to dive into. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) so, uh, let me start with people. Desiree Attaway, <laughs> you know, Desiree Attaway, um, she is amazing. And also um, Erica Hines, who she works with often. Um, they have really wonderful resources in, in the form of programs cool. <laughs> um, that talk about, especially for organizations um, mm. and for like consultants and, and whatnot to, to bring diversity um, into like the work, the way that stuff. you're showing up. Yeah. Yeah, um, cool. yeah. And so love her. <laughs> um, I, I think about like Adrian Marie Brown's work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons, like, so her and her sister, Autumn Brown, both of them are amazing. Um, you have a podcast called how to survive the end of the world, uh, which is, amazing <laughs> and Adrian Marie Brown also has a book called Emergent Strategy mm-hmm. um that is also beautiful and powerful um Adrian Marie Brown's uh her where, where she sources a lot of her energy from is from Octavia Butler um who was a black femme uh science fiction um Afrofuturism cool. <laughs> writer uh, um, uh, and and passed away a couple decades ago, but um, wrote this this series called Earth Seed, mm. and uh, and so Adrian Marie Brown like kind of has taken <laughs> um, so much of the goodness that's there in, in Octavia Butler's work and made it into something that can um, kind of. I I, saying translated it (laughs) feels like um, kind of diminishing like the power of both of their work, but kind of like taking it and and is really influenced by um, what Octavia has. Um, Cool. Yeah. Those are great. Uh, Yeah. All amazing stuff. Oh, and there's this book that (laughs) um, uh, was inspired by Octavia Butler as well. It's a book of short stories. It's called Octavia's Brood. Okay, cool. Love it. I will link all those in the show notes for you guys too. Okay. Fun, fast questions. You ready? I'm here. All right. These are super silly. So current obsession. (laughs) Madam Secretary on Netflix. (laughs) Watching Madam Secretary on Netflix. Is it good? Um, I haven't seen it. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) All right. Add that to my queue. feel like I have so many to get through. I'm I'm watching the the haunted hill or whatever Ooh. right now and it's good. I like it. Yeah. All right. Favorite <laughs> season and why? Season? Yeah, like season of the year. Who a bee just came into my office. That's terrifying. It's okay. That. We'll become friends. You can become best friends. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh season. I'd say fall. Mm fall definitely because there's like this this time period where it's like just the right temperature outside I completely (laughs) Um, agree yeah so like the beginning of fall specifically like in the 60s Uh, when it's just like you don't really need a jacket but you kind of do right yeah I love that yeah same (laughs) 
Okay. What's something you've been especially grateful for lately? Mm, People, the people Mm. in my life that are like here and supporting me and lifting me up. Um, Yeah. I was just thinking about that this morning. I was like, wow, I am so supported (laughs) and it's really wonderful and it's a privilege. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I love that. Okay. And last question. What does it mean to you to live a fuck yes life? Mm. I don't know how to say this eloquently, but to do like, yes, I have a fuck yes life <laughs> um, and, and living my life the way that, that I want to, um, expressing my emotions, like going for the things that, that I want in my relationships and in my work and whatnot, but also doing it in service of something, doing it in service of um, the, the people around me, that it's not just mm-hmm. for my own pleasure, but that is for the pleasure of all. Love that. Ugh. You are such a fucking badass. Can I just like say that? I am just so freaking grateful for you. That's what I'm grateful for today. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just so grateful for this conversation. And um, and yeah, for so for all my listeners who will definitely want to connect with you, can you share a little bit where they can find you on the web? Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of Instagram and Facebook and whatnot, I'm always at Andrea Renee J. Um, and my website is andrearene.com. Uh, if you want to get a, um, like a little freebie, it's, um, andrearene.com forward slash values. It's a little workbook called work your values. (laughs) Um, and, uh, is a really quick thing to, to help you like name and, um, strategize around how you want to live out your values in your work and life and relationships. Um, and then I also have a program called coaching as activism that goes real, real deep mm-hmm. <laughs> into living out your values and, and having an anti-oppressive lens, liberatory lens on the work that you do. Totally. And that's that coaching is activism.com. Cool. And I will put all that in the show notes for you guys as well. So thank you so much. You are the absolute best. And, um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. And there you have it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the replay of that episode and um please please go follow andrea um and and get inside their sphere because um obviously amazeballs right um everything we talked about um will be again um in the show notes um and that can you can find that at amandacatherineloy.com forward slash podcast forward forward slash 98 um and i'm also going to put some of my favorite resources around tools um that i have been um, using to further my education i highly recommend that you save these and bookmark them and dig in and deep dive and do the work too um it's never ending and um and there are so many resources at our fingertips, whether it's books, um, documentaries, um, you know, uh, uh, incredible activists in this space who you can follow and really um, infuse your feed with. So that will also be in the show notes for you. And uh, yeah, I will see you guys on Thursday. And uh, until then, I love you.